Support for a quick timeout podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. College and professional teams from around the country rely on Dr. Dish shooting machines to help improve their players' development. Whether it's in the gym or at home in your driveway, Dr. Dish will improve your basketball workouts. To find out more about how Dr. Dish can help your program, visit drdishbasketball.com. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Coffee with Coaches. I'm Tony Miller, and my co-host again today is Coach Andrew Wing-Green. Today we are joined by Matthew Mossman, who is currently working as a graduate assistant for the Oklahoma Sooners. Before we get any further, fellas, thank you so much for joining me. Tony, thanks for having me, man. excited. From time to time, I get an email or a direct message from a young coach who's either asking me, how do I become a part of your staff or just the general question, how can I get the chance to become a college coach? So I thought it'd be good for the three of us to kind of talk about that, Um, younger coaches, but also have done it long enough that uh, we've kind of gone through those early growing pains and I guess to an extent are kind of still in them a little bit. But as I kind of think about journeys and talk with other coaches and as I've done the podcast and talked with them and they've explained to me like where they've come from and what they've done, every guy's unique, right? But what I have noticed is there's typically some common themes. And I even think like the three of us, you know, I know the stories of both of you and they're very different. But again, there's some common themes that go through it. So, you know, I want each of you to kind of speak to those journeys, you know, and then after that, maybe I'll have some specific questions for you. But Matt, you want to go ahead and start kind of talk about where you started this whole thing and where you are right now. Yeah. So when I was in college, I actually had the opportunity to coach at my local high school, the high school I went to as an assistant and head freshman coach. So I think I was doing that at the age of 20 and 21. So really fortunate to get going early on with that. And then actually a small college in Oklahoma City was recruiting one of our kids and got to talk with that coach a little bit. He was asking me what I was doing for AAU that season, if I was going to hop on any staff or anything. And I hadn't even really thought about it. And then he, um, he actually asked me if I wanted to be involved with uh, what, was, what was then the Oklahoma Wizards, who were on the Adidas gauntlet. You know, I had an opportunity to hop on there with them. And that coach happened to be on staff with them as well. So after one summer there, he, he invited me to come join his staff at what was then Hillsdale Baptist College, which is now Randall University. And so uh, Mark Barakoff had me there for five years. And then after that, was fortunate now to just complete my first year at Oklahoma as a GA. So, you know, it's a little bit different than the traditional GA path. I think a lot of kids think, you know, I got to be a manager and then I got to go to straight into being a GA. And the GAs, a lot of times you see are either former players or kids that are fresh out of undergrad at, at 23, 24. Whereas I was already seven years of coaching under my belt before I hopped in being a GA. Uh, now getting ready to be 29 years old. So yeah, the, the path's a little bit different, but but it's been an exciting journey for sure. I'll come back and talk about that experience that you had with the coaching before you're in the position that you're at right now. But before we do that, Andrew, you kind of want to explain where you've been and what you've done. Yeah, well, my journey has been a little bit, a little bit crazy, and it started, you know, when when I was a student at at Northland, was a student assistant coach, wasn't able to play in college due to a heart disease, so got started in coaching at an early age. Um, was able to do everything from recruiting to scouting, and basically everything normal assistant coach would do at the college level. I did that as a student, so got got a lot of experience there. And then uh, after I got married, we moved down to Florida, and we were down here for a year. Coached at a, a high school, Dr. Phillips High School, in Orlando and then had a, a college job uh, opportunity back up in Illinois, uh, where my wife is from Rockford. Um, at the time, it was Rock College, Rock University. But went there for one season uh, at a 
who was in three schools and assistant, and then came down to Bob Jones, um, was there for five years. And that was really my, that was my first full-time opportunity. The other, the other opportunities were, were volunteer. So at Bob Jones, that was my first time being a full-time assistant and absolutely loved it. Worked with Coach Ring and with Tony, learned a lot. And then after I left Bob Jones, went to Bethel College in Indiana as an assistant. And then I had my first uh, head coaching opportunity at Lancaster Bible College in Pennsylvania. And now I'm down here at Stetson University. So it's been it's been kind of a whirlwind the last uh, four years, but really excited to be where we are now. I got started even later than these two guys. I was probably, I think I was 29 at the time and was finishing up a degree and had to do kind of an internship. And so we were just starting the athletics there at Bob Jones and Coach Ring. I asked him, what can I do to help out and volunteer? So I started as the director of ops, was that for about a year, and then it kind of morphed into a volunteer assistant. And then uh, I've been an assistant for the last, I guess it's been three years. So, you know, even from those three stories, very diverse, I think probably Andrews might be kind of the more typical that a lot of coaches think where you're working like a different job, a different job, a different job, a different job, a different job. Like that's just how it happens sometimes. You know, although I've heard a lot of people, Matt, you're similar to yours getting kind of started with the AAU and the connections and that kind of thing. Again, even those three talks, you kind of hear differences, but then also similarities. The next question, as you look back, Andrew, what was one, maybe one or two of the major factors that helped get you the chance to even be on a staff, whether it's the staff there at Stetson or any of the places that you just talked about? I mean, I think two things. One, being relationships. And I think a lot of people, you know, they talk about networking and they talk about, you know, I think networking is different than building relationships. And you can get to know a lot of people, but really building relationships and having uh, trustworthy relationships, I think is a really big deal. And you do that by serving. And so I would say relationships and serving are, are the two key factors and just making sure that you're always kind of, you're looking to help others. You're looking to pick up the slack, maybe where something's missing and, you know, just developing trust by, you know, asking good questions, being concerned about more than just basketball, you know, being concerned with off the court things about, you know, other coaches, families, or what's going on with their kids. But I think when you serve and you build those relationships, things just start to happen. You know, you can try and force a lot of jobs and a lot of opportunities just by networking and connecting with people. And that stuff's good. I mean, it's good to network and do that. But to get those deep relationships is what's going to lead you to the right place and with the right people. I think even the opportunities that I've had with the podcast to like talk with coaches, I've seen exactly what you just talked about, almost like inadvertently building relationships with guys. And I think, like you said, the time and the asking, you're asking legitimate questions. How quickly can you tell the guy who's just trying to be like a buddy just to get on somebody's staff or like to get in with somebody? And, and those are easy to spot. And I, you know, you kind of roll your eyes because you can spot them across the room, right? So, uh, you know, for you, Matt, a little bit different because it, it is connecting with people and knowing people, but it was also kind of like being there and taking whatever opportunity that you had too, right? Right. Yeah. I think that, you know, I'll piggyback of what Andrew said. I think that more times than not, people need to understand that it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. And, and there's a huge difference there because I think that you know, I can meet somebody three or four times that's a bigger high profile name. But if I go up to them the fifth time, they're not going to have a clue who I am. And, and even though I might say, oh, yeah, I know this guy, I know this guy, they don't know you. It's, it's really you can tell that there was no real relationship built there. Um, I, I just think with my with my situation, for sure, I kind of jumped at the first opportunity of getting in that college door and 
uh, is at the lowest level of college basketball and no scholarships. And for the first two years, it was volunteer based. And so it was just kind of those, those sacrifice things where I was also super grateful for the parents I had to be able to, you know, help me out along the way. And then, you know, being where I am now, um, again, you know, basketball has kind of been in my blood with, with my mom being the head coach at the University of Tulsa and her being at Kansas State when Coach Kruger was at Kansas State. That's how that relationship got formed. So while I've been, you know, fortunate for those things to fall into place, I definitely haven't taken it for granted and understand that there's a lot of people who'd love to be in the spot I'm in right now. Yeah, for the three of us, heard you two already mention it and say the word like volunteer and the sacrifice that you have to put in. Like people don't understand. I, I did the I did my job for free six years or something like that. And, and you have to be willing to do that because nobody, hardly anybody turns down free work, right? right. Especially if you're a good worker, like a, a, and a hard worker. But as soon as you say free, people will start thinking like, oh, I got to feed my family. I've got to pay rent. I've got to. And so I understand that, but working multiple jobs sometimes is an absolute must. So I, I think that one of the biggest factors for me, that if you're not willing to work for free or for very little, that's the other thing. I think we don't have to talk salaries or anything, but it's not a, you see the 1.2 million that this guy signs or whatever, but that doesn't happen for the assistance of the people lower on the staff. Right. So being willing to work for free, I think is a real, real big one there. I'll ask kind of two similar questions, but this first one, is there a lesson that your experience has taught you? And this is where we're a little bit older and not just starting out. So we do all three of us have some experience in what we've done. So is there an experience that has taught you some particular lesson that might be of help to someone who's listening? You know, my opportunity two seasons ago to be a head coach at the division three level, I think was a huge experience for me because obviously I learned, learned a lot, learned a lot of the administrative side of things, learned what head coaches need to do. Um, and it's, it's a totally different role than being an assistant. It's, it's complete night and day, just, how you relate to your players, how you handle practice planning, how you go, just how you go about your day. It's totally different. And so the experience I had from being, being a head coach now coming down to Stetson where I can just relate in a different way. I can kind of see, see what coach Jones might be going through, maybe what he needs or, um, and just being able to think like a head coach, not saying I'm, I'm at that level, but just being able to understand what he's going through and what the needs are. And it, it makes me a better assistant. So I think, you know, that experience uh, has, has taught me a lot of making me a better assistant coach and, and being a better servant, um, just knowing the things that go on in that position. Uh, for, for me, there's a couple of different things. Um, you know, when I was when I first started uh, my high school at the time, before I even started at Norman High, they didn't have a head coach. And so for a full summer for June and July, uh, those kids had no coach to coach them through camps or team camp or anything like that. So actually some parents approached me and asked me if I would, if I would coach them that summer. And so I, I was the head varsity coach, JV coach, did all the summer league games. And I remember being at OU team camp with our two teams and doing six, six games a day and my legs being fried by the end of the day. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm not sure I want anything to do with this. <laughs> um, and, and, and then, you know, being at, being at the small college route, you know, choosing to do that over the traditional, you know, undergrad manager GA thing, got to wear so many different hats and, and got to be in charge of so many different things that I'm on a staff now where there's, you know, there's like 14 of us in the office or something like that. And while there's still a lot to do, you know, there's two GAs, head coach, three assistants, director of ops, video, and, and the list goes on. 
it was me, my uh, the head coach, and then maybe one more guy at Randall off and on a few years. And you're talking doing and being in charge of strength, being the director of ops, being you know all the recruiting, doing all the hotel and team travel, getting the meals already, the stuff that you know I'm fortunate I don't have to deal with now to a certain degree. I've got my hand in a little bit of all of it being a GA, but that was my biggest learning and takeaway. And something I'll probably never, I never, I wouldn't go back and change. I loved being the small college route and. And being able to do all those things allowed me to learn and mature at a quick pace for still being a young coach. If you have the opportunity, go somewhere where you can do, like Matt said, a lot of things. I've had the, the, the privilege of working with two coaches, head coaches now, that they're not micromanagers. And so they, they've given me my job and then they've let me do it, let me fail sometimes in it, you know, encourage me to keep doing the things that I'm doing when I'm doing the things right has, has aided me, given me resources, because like both of you said, the more skills that you can develop, the more valuable you're going to be. I'll come back to the skills, like the specific skills that will be of help. One more thing that I would think of that Andrew said that reminded me of something, but being able to just anticipate what your head coach needs. What's the stat? It's like at the college level, you're actually coaching basketball as a head coach, like 20 or 30% of the time. And like 70% of the time is the other stuff that needs to happen. And if you can kind of take more things off of his plate, you're going to be more valuable to him. And I think it's going to build kind of like that loyalty and that trust in you that he needs to have. And then obviously it will help you out later on. I mean, you get better references when that kind of thing happens and your head coach speaks more highly of you. So I'll transition to that. The similar question, is there a lesson that maybe a coaching mentor has taught you? that might be helpful to listeners. Luke Yaklich, who's at the uh, University of Illinois Chicago now, he was he was actually at Texas this past year as an assistant and got to know him pretty well. And I've actually known him for a long time since he was at he was at Illinois State. My dad worked at Illinois State and so our paths crossed up there. But I'll never forget something he told me in the email when I was just reaching out a few years ago was, you know, I was asking him, you know, how do I become a GA? Kind of like these kind of questions right here. And I'll never forget he always t- he told me to treat every job like it's my dream job. And to never be, you know, to stay present, to not be always searching for what's next, but to treat every opportunity and every job you currently have as your dream job or else you won't excel in it. And that's something that I've just I've kind of taken with everything. Um, Rather, I've been a GA or an assistant high school coach or an AAU coach, whatever I'm at, that place and that job is the most important thing to me. Yeah, I would I would say that's exactly where I was going with that, too. You know, I think every coaching mentor I've had has said something similar to that and just you know, not not looking to go somewhere where you think the grass is greener or looking for that next opportunity or that climbing the ladder, but just, you know, killing it where you're at, just doing doing your best, um, giving everything you have where you are. And, you know, for young coaches, that's that's a hard thing to do sometimes because we do want to move on to the next spot. But um, just having the ability to, you know, focus your mindset on the here and now and doing the best job with what you have right now. So I think that's that's definitely great advice. And then the particular skills that would make you valuable, we've kind of talked to some of those, but I think that maybe a lot of people listening would think, yeah, I need to be able to teach people how to shoot a jump shot and how to play defense, but maybe the things that people don't see. Andrew, I observe things with you behind the scenes here at Bob Jones that you did for five or six years. So what are some things behind this behind the scene skill-wise that people need to start building and being able to do and think about if they're going to be valuable to a staff at the college level? There's so many things involved in coaching, but I think one thing, if, if you can, and this comes with building relationships, when you have the relationships with players and you can start you know, talking about their mindset, you can start talking about the mental aspect of the game, because I think that's a skill 
that is just so overlooked in at any level of basketball, but, um, you know, helping kids understand what's important to be a leader. How do I approach every day? What mindset do I need to be a great player? Um, how do I help my teammates out? How do I, you know, there's, there's so many skills we work on on the basketball court, you know, my jump shot, my crossover, my footwork, but when it's all said and done, you get out there on the, the game floor and you got to have the mentality to go out and do it. And when things don't go your way, how do you how do you handle that? How do you respond to that? How do you uh, bounce back to the next play? And just being able to talk through, you know, talk through different lessons on leadership and mentality, uh, being able to show film and then be able to confront them with those things. And again, I think as, as a young coach, you get frustrated and you you kind of coach out of frustration. But, you know, the older I get and again, I'm, I'm still a young coach and I, I still need to get better at this. But um, I realize that, you know, teaching and showing them how to handle things as men is is crucial. And that starts with relationships. But it's a skill where I think if young coaches can learn that and build that at a young age, it's going to carry them so far in the game of basketball. Yeah, and I think that, you know, everything that you want to do with a player on the court all starts off the court with, with that relationship. If, you know, I think if you just try to have an on-court relationship with them, they don't trust you, they don't take you serious. When you truly invest, you know, I found that when you truly invest in a kid's life before even basketball, you know, becomes on the table, uh, they're that much more willing to listen to you and, and take everything you have to say seriously on the court. And, and that's, that's, we've talked about relationships a lot so far already, but it's so important rather you're you know, relationships with your players or with your coaching staff. Um, you know, I know here at Oklahoma, our director of ops, Michael Shepard, he, I mean, it's like he, he, I don't think he'd ever admit this, but it's like he prides his life on making Coach Kruger's life so much easier. He wants, he, he wants it, you know, he's always scrambling and doing a ton of things to where he wants it to be where, and I think this is a huge lesson to learn. He wants it to be where Coach Kruger is only, only concerned about basketball, nothing concerned with stuff off the court, things like that. He wants to make sure that his life is that much easier to where he can just do the X's and O's and coach while Coach Kruger still does a great job of building relationships with our players. And, you know, he's, it's funny because he'll walk down the stairs every day and he'll go shake every single player's hand individually, asking how their day is going. Um, our practices are open, so he's going up and down the line of the chairs, um, just greeting the people that are at practice. You know, you always need to be thinking about as a GA, how can I make the assistant coach's life easier, the head coach's life easier, you know, popping in their window all the time, asking, hey, what, what do you need done? Uh, just to just to make things go more smooth. And I'll even get more specific than that, because uh, I've interacted with both of you on these things. But we're talking about like communication, organization, talking to hotels, setting up food places. Um, I remember Matt, they were coming all the way from Oklahoma and Matt's texting me, where's a good place to eat? Like that's the kind of stuff that you don't really think about, but it has to be done when you're feeding 18 to 20 miles. Like that shouldn't be something that the head coach, especially at the levels that probably most of our listeners are going to be jumping in at. You, you have to be organized. You have to, you have to get the best deal on a hotel, right, Andrew? <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I've heard these kinds of conversations from both of you that those kinds of things that most people don't want to think about because they want to think about the cool coaching X's and O's and strategy like that's important obviously but this other stuff is is important as well you know coach jones always tells us and our players is be there before you get there and i think having you know especially young coaches in in these positions you need to be prepared for a problem that's going to come up you know you got to see it before it happens um, and have a plan so like you said if you're if you're planning food in the restaurant doesn't have space or shuts down or your hotel, something goes wrong where they don't have rooms. Like you got to have a backup plan and just being able to think ahead. And, and that requires a lot more work. And a lot of people are afraid of that, but just having 
um, having a backup plan and you may never use your backup plans, which would be perfect. But the, the one time that something happens, if you're not ready, uh, it can, it can screw a lot of things up and it can make a lot of people upset. So, uh, just making sure that you, you know, you be there before you I'm still, I'm still traveling through Henry's Smokehouse every time I come through there, your area, Tony. <laughs> you can't beat that place. You know, I, I'm even thinking too, we didn't talk about it, but being able to be skilled and things like understanding what synergy is and not just that it's cool video clips, but like actually how to use it. I'm thinking something like that. I know a lot of coaches probably at the high school level have experience on something like crossover <laughs> on huddle, but being able to be diverse in those things. I know, Matt, you you use sports code. Maybe talk about both of those, Matt. You can start and then, Andrew, you go. But w- what are some other things? I mean, even if we're talking about like being able to use Excel, like what kinds of things do you use on a daily basis technology-wise? Or, I mean, Andrew, even this, right? Like what we're streaming right now has been a help to your program too. So, Matt, can you talk about that? And then, Andrew, you follow up? Yeah. So, you know, I was on a GA panel a few weeks ago and we kind of talked about ways to become a GA and, and things that can help you. And you know, I think the more the more you can, especially during all this downtime we have right now, the more different applications and things you can learn and sit down and get your hands on and kind of, you know, just mess around with the better. Because you don't want if you and I are up for a job and, you know, sports code and synergy and Photoshop and I don't, you've got the leg up on me. So never, you know, I'm, I'm big on don't ever let something like that hold you back from getting a job. And, and when I was at when I was at Randall, we used Synergy, but it was really basic. Um, a lot of times we didn't want to put our film up there because we didn't have to because we didn't want people at Bob Jones, you know, to see what we were doing because we knew they had Synergy too. But, you know, I think that now being at Oklahoma, we use Sports Code and Synergy more more than anything. And then obviously we use Photoshop, which I'm just completely terrible at. But uh, that's something that during this downtime, I, I need to do a better job of, of getting my hands on a little bit. But all the different, there's so many different resources, you know, you always see on someone's resume, you know, I'm. I'm really proficient in, in Microsoft Excel. No one's proficient in Microsoft Excel. <laughs> Excel is one of those things where you, you either know it or you don't. There's not much in between. But, you know, I think that find out what most, you know, if you're interested in becoming a college coach, find what what programs they're all using because there's a ton of different ones out there. But just try to get your hands on and learn the basics of those things. That way, uh, that's something you can put on a resume without lying and and being able to show that, that you can do those things. Like, like Matt said, just – any, any, anywhere you can bring value, whether that's social media, whether that's video, whether that's Excel or something, you know, whatever, whatever is, you know, I mentioned it earlier, if there's uh, something that's not being taken care of, like just being able to be that guy that can step in and say, yeah, I know, I know how to use Photoshop. I know, yeah, I know how to, to, uh, you know, rip videos off of YouTube. I know how to do this. Like, just kind of improve your skill. And it's, you know, for me, I just sometimes I see a coach do something or I see a program do it. And I'm like, how do they do that? And I'll Google it and I'll figure it out. And I may never use it. But um, if we ever needed to, you know, especially, you know, something like uh, a pandemic comes across and you have to start getting creative and doing things that you've never done before, something might come in handy. But, you know, like Tony mentioned, this offseason just been really, we've been doing a lot of virtual clinics and virtual learning things with our guys and, and for other coaches and just being able to use uh, Zoom in a different way and StreamYard in a different way and just kind of being creative, thinking outside the box, making it uh, the best it can be, just trying to always get that one you know, that one level up to make your program stand out, being able to improve our social media accounts, but just so many things. And it's not, it's not even hard stuff, just being creative, thinking outside the box, using your Google search bar a lot. 
Yeah, because of technology and because of the importance of recruiting, so much is video and social media and pictures. And so like Matt said, like being able to use Photoshop, um, being able to use iMovie, as simple as something as iMovie or Final Cut Pro or Adobe Premiere, something like that. And you may say, I have no idea how to use that. I would go a step further, even beyond what Andrew said with Google, like YouTube shows you everything. It's a great teacher. And that's how I learned to do it. This wasn't something that I learned in college. More colleges are teaching those kinds of things. We're trying to do that at Bob Jones through our sports programs is to teach player or teach students how to use those kind of programs because it's so important, right? And I even think during this pandemic, you guys gave examples and we've used the streaming video. We've used uh, Instagram live. We've used graphics. We've used, we did a virtual tour or we shot a video and then I had to edit it and put it together. So all of those skills. Um, and I think a lot of coaches too, or a lot of young people now are like, oh yeah, I know how to use social media. Like I tweet every five days or I post a selfie on Instagram. Like that's not using social media for, for sports teams. So being able to, uh, marketing is huge because again, going back to the recruiting and the attention, getting your your picture and your face and your coach, you know, his words in front of people and that kind of thing. So anything that will be able to promote your program. Um, kind of last big thing here, you've given a lot of great, both of you have given a lot of great pieces of advice, but if there's maybe one big piece of advice that you would give, even if it's just summarizing something that you've said before, but a big piece of advice that you would give to someone looking for a chance to get their foot in the door to get on that coaching staff, what would it be? I'd say that don't ever think any opportunity is beneath you, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we kind of touched on it earlier about, about, you know, being able to work for free. And, and Andrew talked about serving and that's so important too, that, that just don't, don't ever think that, well, you know, that school is not a you know D one or it's kind of like the player philosophy when kids, you know, have those D one blinders on that don't, don't ever think that I went the small college route. I loved it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I tell people all the time, there's so many differences in GAing at a D two than there is GAing at a D one G two D two is your, your hands on, you're out on the road recruiting. Um, you're actually an assistant coach more than anything, but that's probably my biggest thing is, is don't ever think that, that an opportunity is, is, is too good for you. No, I think that's great. You know, I think one thing, obviously, you, you got to serve anywhere you're at, but really, you know, the relationships are so important because you, you want to work for the right people. I think, you know, when I was starting out, I was almost willing to take any job I could get. I didn't, I didn't care how many hours I had to work. I didn't care who the who the person was, what the staff was like. I just wanted, I just wanted to get to the highest level. And again, as as I mature and get older and have my family, working for the right people is so important. So. Um, I would just encourage young coaches surround yourself with that that inner circle of people who stand for the same things you stand for. Their values are the same. You know, if you're a person who wants to spend time with your family, make sure that you're with people who cherish family and who are our family people. Which again, I'm I'm grateful to be with with our staff here at Stetson because that's how they are. Um, and if 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 you're with a guy who requires you to be in the office all day every day and be thinking basketball nonstop, you're going to be miserable. So. You know, don't don't just take a job to take a job. Make sure it's one where, you know, and I'm not saying be super picky all the time, but just make sure you're with the right people um, who are going to lift you up, encourage you and make you a better person. I would just say work hard to get as many tools in your in your tool belt as possible, because, as I said before, the more things that you're able to do, the more skills you have, the more valuable you're going to be to a staff. And whether or not you use all those tools, you know, when a coach says, I need somebody too, and you're able to do that, that may be the thing that separates. And there are so many people who want to get into sports, this any sports industry, and especially coaching, that when there's a stack of papers, 300 
pages tall and everybody looks the same. What separates you from everybody else? And I think that's part of it. You know, the relationships, of course, who you know and who knows you is important as well. But having all of those skills. Uh, if somebody is listening to this and has any particular questions, we made sure that we put our social media at the bottom. You're probably already following me if you're watching this. But, you know, Coach Wingreen can reach out to him. Coach Mossman can reach out to him as well. And those guys are more, I know both of them are more than happy to help you and talk to you about things if you're interested. Both of you, thank you so much for, for joining. I do feel like this was extremely beneficial to a certain group of people, maybe not to everybody. And even some that maybe are listening that they're not interested in getting into it. There's always somebody, maybe a young person or something like that. So I uh, hope that a lot of listeners will share this. Both you guys, thank you for coming on today. For sure, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Just really quickly, if you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard. You can even make money from your podcast no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.